Hello there. This is the Star Wars Friends Show. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Hey, what's happening, Star Wars friends? You are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oldham, and joining me tonight on this lovely Friday evening are my very good Star Wars friends. This is Josh, and um, it might be the drinker in me, but you guys are all just looking like a big sack of meat. Whoa. This is Kyle, Kyle, and um, I do not want to turn out like Dez, so do not look at me like I'm a sack of meat. And this is Maggie, and it might not be Valentine's Day anymore, but Geode can still rock my world. Whoa, spicy on Friday night. I didn't know you were a dad, Maggie. That was punny. (laughs) (laughs) I'd tell you what, Geode uh, is my new Star Wars hero. He is awesome. Uh, And I'm going to put an image in the chat here before we get too far and see what you guys think of this. Tell me, let me know if that gets through there or not. It probably did. No, but just says, is it a large okay. rock? <laughs> I said, yes, it is a large rock. It is, uh, it's a gorgeous image of a hot toys. It's literally just a large rock. <laughs> it says hot toys, high oh Republic. Uh, it is, it's pretty, it says geode one, one six scale collectible figure, uh, instant pre-order for me. I don't know about you guys, but instant pre-order for me. It's right up there with that pile of dust, uh, that razor crest collectible. Right. Right. Did you guys see, uh, um, do you now, did did it blow your mind knowing that geode was in, uh, Mandalorian? (laughs) Same, same episode where, uh, you know. Same episode where the Razor Crest blew up. He was up, right there. He came to see the child. He was third rock from the right. <laughs> no, he's the like, one that rolls he's down. Like over here. He's always the one that he rolls down. Day. Takes he's out the, the troopers. Yep, nice. Sick of you guys. The, the rock, <laughs> you the rock from so Indiana high. Jones is actually his dad. Wow. The, that boulder. Give me a push. Wow. Give me a push. That's wow. potentially the most famous rock in the world, the Indiana no, Jones Temple Dwayne of Doom Johnson. Boulder. Yeah, oh, is probably the most. He walked right into that one, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hook, line, and sinker. It's all right. Although I think, well, what's every- we should all we should all one day of celebration. We should all together cosplay as Geode. I'm in. Like separate. I can't remember what the name of his species is now, but we'll just all be big rocks. Just giant paper mache yeah. rocks walking around. <laughs> oh my god! Star Wars celebration. Um, they are. Hey, I'm in. I don't know how I'm going to get that on the plane, but sure. Vintians. We'll do it. V i n t i a n. Which can, um, Google will think get... is Venetian, the <laughs> Las Vegas hotel. If you try to look that up, but it's not. It's Vintian. <laughs> nice. The Venetian. Uh, rocks. It, it's a dope hotel. Uh, it really I, is. I stayed there once, but. Yeah, it is. It's a very nice hotel. Yes, it's very nice. I haven't been to Vegas in. Speaking eons. of famous um, rocks, though, do you know who his his great great grandfather was? Well, certainly not Kid Rock. The Geodes. <laughs> or Chris Rock, uh, the founder of Bedrock and the Flintstones. Oh, uh, here we go. Mm. Back to the. F- 
Oh, the rock jokes are flowing good tonight, people. There's oh, a there's a rock goodness. pun at the end of the Flintstones movie where they uh, name Concrete after his daughter Concretia. <laughs> we 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 are just we is. are there's off nothing and rolling to say here, about that, people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Geode's favorite Weird. musical? Rock of Ages. Oh, what? Yep. <laughs> ah, nice. Nice. Uh, well, hopefully everybody out there, you guys are having a great Friday evening. Um, we are getting together as always on Friday night, talk Star Wars. Or just rocks We're going to be general. wrapping up. Or just rocks in general. Uh, uh, we're, we're getting together to just kind of go through second half of Into the Dark here, part of the High Republic series. Um, before we get into the meat and potatoes uh, of that... <laughs> Uh, we've got a little Easy. bit. We've got a little thing to uh, kind of continue here that we we do every week. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about celebration. We're down to I think seventy four weeks now. Is that right? Checking. I think. I, I think it's seventy four. Seventy four. Can confirm. Oh, look at me! Yeah, look at me go. Seventy four weeks till celebration. Here. We're getting there, slow but sure. Tomorrow, yeah. essentially. It, it's creeping along. Five weeks until nice I'm gonna week. Go, <laughs> I'm going to go to bed tonight, and it's going to be 73 weeks and six days. Yeah. So, you there. know, there's that. It, it, we're getting there. Um, we had our first, we had our Luminous live stream uh, in, excuse me, the first Friday of March. That was a, a fun time. Uh, hopefully everybody that was part of the show on Friday had a good time with us. Uh, we played our newlyweds game again um that one seems to be a pretty good uh, success with hit. the people it's fun to hear our hosts kind of uh, give their answers to some of these questions that i've come up with and uh i'm gonna try to, i've got i've got a couple in the back of my head i just haven't written them down yet but um hopefully i can get some more good ones uh we do it the first friday of every month uh luminous live stream uh we do it the first friday of every month come join us talk some star wars play a game have some fun and we've been giving uh, out swag congratulations too. You, i mean you never know you could uh, yeah. win, a, win a prize Yep. Um, I gave out a Thrawn pin, a beautiful Thrawn pin and Governor Price pin uh, from our friends at Rebel Art Empire uh, to Robert. Uh, Robert Swift won the prize. He is in uh, Canada. They call him Fast Bobby. He's in the land of Canada. <laughs> if they don't, they should. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Robert, thank you for listening. We appreciate it, man. I hope you had a good time on the Friday on the Friday live stream. Uh, our next one's going to be April second, so uh, we got you know for, again first Friday of every month, April second. It'll be here good before you on know April it. First, come join us. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or is yeah. it? We're really doing <laughs> it April first, April Fools. <laughs> it's April second. It's the second. Uh, we didn't have a lot of news this week. There, it was a, a relatively slow Star Wars news week. As you guys know, we don't dive in too much into rumors and stuff and kind of like perpetuate those things. Um, there really wasn't a lot out there this week. Uh, there was a new announcement from, I believe, GameStop this week for a Star Wars Gaming Greats Funko Box, I believe. Yeah, out of the Funko um, game. It's the... It's uh, it's the uh, Darth Revan in the white robe, uh, and there is a Bastila Shan, and then like a couple other little, I don't know what like trinkets like, in there. There's a, a patch, lanyard, like maybe. a pin, a patch. Mm -hmm. They're I gonna be printing it. money with this thing. 
They won't be able to make them fast enough. <laughs> um, it's what is it? Twenty nine ninety nine. I think it's twenty nine ninety nine for the box. That's not uh, bad. It's, honestly, it's, it's not, no, it's not for. It's for really two not that bad. Um, some places. And those Revan pops yeah. are like outrageous if you find them anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's available for pre order on GameStop's site right now. Go check it out. Um, for those of you that are not in the pop game, don't go check yeah. it out. For those of you that are in the pop game, go get your pre-order on now before it gets sold out and then you can't get it anymore. Uh, but like I said, other than that, it was a relatively slow news week in Star Wars this week. So uh, we've just kind of been here doing our thing, reading our books. Uh, there's not a lot of TV and, and movie content out right now. So we've been heavily involved in High Republic uh, in the comics that have come out and the comics have been great. Um but that's that's mostly what we're diving into lately. The Star Wars news and blog section of the website is actually doing a rewatch of the Clone Wars, which I don't know why, and it's not necessarily news, but it's always a good idea. Ooh. So, like, I don't know if you want to watch along with whoever's blogging about it's it Kristen. on StarWars.com. Kristen, uh, who is it? It's oh, there we Baver. go. Baver so time. Watch. Lo- are they watching in release order or chronological order? Do you know? I think she finished it. I think this was her oh, last blog post. Well, no, I missed it. It was two days ago. I think because she posted something funny and I just love that she was like, it is perfectly timed up with the Bad Batch. And in 2018, I had no idea that was a thing. Oof. So it was like, she's been rewatching it slowly hmm. since 2018. In 2015, I never thought it was going to even be on screen at all, let alone get a spinoff series. Right. Ugh. We are living in the best era. Yeah, the future's of Star now, Wars. isn't it? Hey, we're only three weeks away from that guy. That's news. I mean, I know we've already talked about it, but that's right around the corner. I I have some st- I have some Star Wars news. Oh. Right on me. I, yeah, go ahead, I just yeah. did a quick like Star Wars news Google search just to make sure we didn't miss anything. And I just thought this was interesting and shows you how smart George Lucas is. Apparently, he took half of his the when he sold Disney, he took half that four billion in Disney stock. Smart. Yeah. That was really so he has smart. two billion dollars in yeah. shares of Disney. Very smart. Yeah. 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 Well, especially because like Genius. he was at the beginning of Disney snatching up like every valuable IP there is, basically. So uh we used to say that if they buy Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles, I'm just gonna have to start signing my paychecks over so to them. Straight to Dis- can you direct deposit to a Disney account? <laughs> yeah. In, in escrow. <laughs> Uh, speaking of stocks and Disney, there was the shareholders investment call this week, uh, which confirmed that Kathleen Kennedy is not going anywhere. Juicy. Yeah. You know, I, I really don't understand people's hatred or poo poo towards Kathleen Kennedy. She's involved in everything that they actually love. Don't get it. And, and I, you know, it's, it's, I get like, I, I, boggles the mind mm-hmm. people it boggles the mind don't like try to understand just, it if you understood I, I it know, i would be concerned I, <laughs> I, I don't get it like i think she's done a great job maybe that's just she me has. That, that, she maybe that's just me has. but i think she's done a great it's, job it's people it's yeah. people who don't understand what it takes to be the president of a company like this and have that many pans in the fire it's not just like I'm going to go turn up on set and tell you what to do today. It's making sure everybody gets paid and that there is, isn't anything going wrong. And putting, putting the right people in the right position is a lot of what she is doing. And, and that's the important part. And I think she's done she a great has, job of that. And I look forward to seeing what she 
I mean, is is there anybody really out there going, no, Mandalorian shouldn't have been Filoni and Favreau? No, here's, she, here's the thing. She's the there, reason for that. Like, is there anybody out there There was three that? movies that Come came on, out, people. and most people only liked one or two of them. So then, like, she caught the blame from a section. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Yeah. It's silly. She is the, like, main female involved, which is what happened. She was the target of all of their hatred. Yeah. <sighs> Unfortunately. Yeah. What do you got, Josh? Didn't. Didn't George make her like name her head before the sale? Yeah, I'm, I know it was like really his decision. Time. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's there was one other piece of news that I found. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch was. Uh, oh, I saw this. Answered no to. I did uh, saw that yeah. being asked about playing uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. So you I, know what that means. I read a quote that said he doesn't want to. He that you're gonna do it, you're gonna step in. No, that he is because I mean, oh, think of okay. all the times that you McGregor said, Oh, no, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I read a quote that said he doesn't want to be turned blue, yeah, which, like, of, of all the reasons not to want to be in a Star War, is I don't want to have blue skin. <laughs> I also feel like it's one of those situations where, like, somebody he probably doesn't have any idea who Thrawn is. The interviewer was probably like, do you want to be Thrawn? And like showed him a picture. And he was like, probably like, I don't guy. want to be blue. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to be in the blue man group. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Look what they did to Mithril, Horatio Sands. He disappeared into that role, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> look, look what they, they did to him, they right? Like, he's like, no. Name. <laughs> right. Like, I don't. Poor Grand Admiral. Just blank line. <laughs> like, we're not going to give him a name. He's just blue Poor guy. Terry. No, I, I don't, uh, you know, and, and people do that all the time. Like, no, I have no interest in, in it. And then next thing you see, oh, yeah, such and such is signed on for such and such project. So, uh, I, you know, if we get to the point where they're looking to cast somebody as Grand Admiral Thrawn, Josh, call him up, say, hey, I'll do I'm it. tall enough and I'm chubby. <laughs> hey, man. Say, uh, you, you, don't don't know e- until you, say you don't even have to pay me. I'll just do it for free. <laughs> That's true. I would do it for free. <laughs> I think any of us would do it for free. I'd pay them. Shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's a relatively slow, uh, slow news week this yeah. week. Um, it, there is a, a little bit of news. I forgot about Hasbro. Um, there are three uh, vintage collection figures that actually go up for sale on Walmart pre-order on Monday, I believe. Um, it should be like the ATST driver, and then there's two others, uh, part of the '96 collection, I believe. I'd have to go look at what the other two were, but they're supposedly supposed to go up on Walmart's page on Monday. Um, if you've done a pre-order from Walmart before, um, you kind of know Good how that luck. goes. God, they're the worst. The uh, the actual purchase Stingers. page will put up be put up probably about 10 minutes before the actual purchase time. It'll get sold out in about three minutes. And then those that actually log in at the right time to get it, can't get it. And then your pre-order that you made seven minutes prior to the actual release time will get canceled about three months later. So, and you'll see everybody uh, <laughs> get it uh, in a store online before your pre-order comes. And then when it's damaged, they'll tell you that they don't have any and it's sold out and they can't replace it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think we huge got that Walmart right. fan. 
<laughs> personally. <laughs> I was, uh, I'm not, really not trying to poo poo Walmart. And this this goes in general for anybody that's doing exclusives. Target, Walmart, I wish they whatever. got audited and would do lose better. the rights to it, man. Do yeah, be better. God. Better. I lo- I've had good do luck with Target, better. but Walmart has canceled every single one of my pre-orders. And I have got them like seconds after it was announced. I have good luck with GameStop too. I, I've never really oh, had I've an had issue great with luck a pre-order with from them, but some places Walmart sucks. <laughs> oh, the, in so many ways, but there was a the the vintage collection Mandalorian. I'm still mad about um, it. He was supposed to come with like a pin, uh, a a a child pin, uh, a Grogu pin, and he his pre-order was released, or they they did it like months ago. You could you could pre-order it. So I went in and did that, and then they re-released the pre-order and said, oh, he's back up, but now he's got a pin. And then all those people that like did the pre-order with the pin didn't get the pin. I never got the pin. But then when they put him up like a third time, supposedly with the pin, uh, I still didn't get it. So I have no idea what's going on there, but it's, uh, yeah, do better. Do better with the, the pre-orders. Do better with the toy releases. I would love to go back into a store to be honest, and see pegs full of figures again. I get so tired of walking into a Target, a Walmart, uh, wherever, and just the the Star Wars section is bare, just absolutely bad, bare, yeah. and it's it's disappointing. It's it's like how are kids supposed to get Star Wars toys when collectors go in and snatch up eight of them and then try to resell them? Just overproduce put them out there if there's more of one character than another so be it but it, it would be great to see pegs absolutely filled with star wars toys again someday Even if you can get your hands Some on them, it's just day. not as fun to order it online and wait six months no. often for it to come in and then you open a box mm-hmm. that came to your it's just you know i want to have it in my hands and buy it and walk out of the store it's just a i way really miss kv toys that's what uh, i miss I still remember yeah, Johnny, like, being knee high, yeah. walking through those aisles, trying to track down like the latest Star Wars or Lord of the Rings toy to like, you know, look at and take off the peg and be like picturing all of the things I could like play with it and like the stories mm-hmm. I could come up with. Yeah. <sighs> the good old days. I tell you what, there was a couple. When was it? a couple weeks ago? I when was I went to the mall to pick something up and I walked through. And I went into an FYE because it was it was not previously in the mall up the street from my house. And I hadn't been in an FYE and I don't know how long, but the store was brand new. So they're still putting them in malls and they're still mm-hmm. still doing they were stuff going out of them. Business. I walked in there. That's what I thought. And and I walked in and I'm like, oh, this is new. I was like, when did they put this in? And I walk in, it's nice and clean. Shelves are fully loaded. I go to the back. They have like a whole wall of action figures and collectibles. Their Star Wars section of 40th anniversary six inch black series, the new boxes of the Rebels crew. They had Sabine, they had Hera, they had uh, Zeb, they had they had all of them on the pegs. And I'm like, this selection of Star Wars toys is better than the Target or the Walmart or any one of them in the area. And and I was absolutely shocked. I didn't even know Fye was still. Still going. I I thought they were closing them and kind of on the back end of things, but uh, here we were, fully stocked with the Star Wars stuff. It was a little bit expensive, um, 
you know, if your price compares, you know, doing well, price comparisons, they were a little on the high side, but at the same time, if you can't find them anywhere, that's well, the thing you, go. you got. That's that's the only you way you're going to pay get it. if they want them to keep the inventory. It's like a whole, a whole thing. It's a risk for them to right. to buy all those toys. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, do better, do better with well, the exclusives. Walmart. Do better with do the better toys. With your employees uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I would say we are are not needing necessarily to do better on because I'm absolutely amazed by the books and the productions that have been out so far is the Ooh, High Republic crushing stuff. Crushing it on the High Republic. And that's what so we're... Good. And I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Republic. Because I got high. Republic. Because I got high. Republic. La, da, 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 da. They're crushing it on the High Republic. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about High Republic, uh, Into the Dark, uh, we covered the first 11 chapters in the first show. This show, we're going to be covering basically chapter 12 or chapter 11, 12, all the way through to the end. Um, and then uh, kind of just talk about the book, things that we liked, things that we didn't like. Um, you know, so let's uh, let's let's kind of give overall impressions. Now that we've we've concluded the book, we've 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 read it cover to cover. Um, what are your first impressions of the book? Initial reactions, thoughts, anything you guys want to throw out there? Does anybody have an initial impact reaction that you can think of? I I really enjoyed it. I, I missed the uh, episode where we covered the first section of this book, so um, I haven't weighed in at all yet. But I don't think I liked it quite as much as Light of the Jedi, but this was a great book. I really liked it. I Like I was telling these guys before we started, I read the majority of the book in one day. I, I mean, I, I was interested in it all the way through. Um, I felt like the Dren, Drengear, is that how we're saying it? Drengear are mm -hmm. um, a little more intimidating in the comics. Uh, I think we touched on that on the live show when we were talking about the comics than they were in this book. But I also felt like they were formidable and so are the Nile and that our, you know, pro our Jedi protagonists were in, uh, were in real peril. Um, it, it was exciting. We, we learned about, um, a civilization that's even more ancient than this, uh, high Republic era we're looking at right now, which is the farthest back we've ever really gone. Um, the Maxines. Yeah. I'd like to know more about mm -hmm. those guys. Yeah. And I've got to say, we were clowning on him a little bit at the beginning, but the whole shtick throughout this whole book, well, I mean, spoiler alert, we're about to talk about the book, so he, here we go. Uh, but throughout the whole book, there's like gags about, well, Geo didn't have to say anything. His silence spoke volumes. Oh my God, he just sat so there as like a, uh, with like yes. silent support. And like, it was a running joke. The, it was both sincere, but also clearly a gag because he's a giant rock and he didn't talk at all. Uh, I really, every time I got like a little laugh out of that and they did it a lot. Me but too. It, it never, ever, ever got old. Yes, I really yes. liked it. Geodes withering glare said all it needed <laughs> yeah, to. Just I shit loved like it. That. It's like, I loved it. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Josh, what about you? What, uh, what were your first impressions now that we finished the book? Uh, what are your first impressions of this thing? Um, so Kyle said everything I was going to say. Uh, the well, I went first, <laughs> baby. No, I know. Yeah. Um, 
the drink gear were definitely more scary in the comic. Geode was hilarious. I thought I was going to be, um, I thought I was going to be annoyed with, uh, Leox, but then he ended up growing on me too. Um, mm-hmm. he's the, he's did the anyone pilot, else right? See- the kind of like hippie yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Did anyone else see, uh, Nan? Uh, did, was anyone else shocked by that? I did not see that coming. I I was a little. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see that coming I, either. When he w- I was when trying they, to figure out if I was, was a good, mark. That was or a good not. twist. When they went into great detail about the um about the patchwork ship that she was in, in hindsight, I felt like I I should have been clued in a little bit because we've read so much yeah. about those Nile ships, but it was it was a shock to me. Yeah. I um was really surprised at the Lasat. Ah, bad guy yeah. Lasat. That hurt my feelings a little bit. Really surprised at the bad guy Lasat, and he was playing it off like, "Oh, I'm just an old man, and Nan is my ward." And oh no, 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 no he was I, a Zabrak. Was, yeah, he was a Zabrak. Zabrak, sorry, from the Zabrak. Yeah, sorry. Also a bad guy. Yes. Yeah. It was just really surprised by that. You know what I mean? Like it was a nice little twist. Yeah. I mean, and the it first makes you Zabrak wonder we ever meet is a Sith, but. And they uh, they mentioned he had that cane with a bunch of notches on it. So like it makes you wonder. It was like was he keeping keeping yeah. count of the the heads he he chopped off or something? Like that's got to be something vicious. <laughs> body count. This is body count. Yeah. I, I will say my one uh, like small grudge, and I think it's more me than in my reading experience than the actual book, but. You know, in the last couple of years, we've been getting several of these, like, everything in Star Wars fits into one big story, but we've been getting stuff like Alphabet Squadron with three books that all tell one story, and the Thrawn books that like that all mm-hmm. go together, whereas this was very much part of the larger narrative, but, like, its own contained story. So there was no, like, there was no real cliffhanger... Um, you know, kind of, they kind of had to figure out a way to tie it up completely neatly mm-hmm. at the end for the most part, not, not completely, but I just felt like it was more like that. And I, I think yeah. I'm just kind of, especially after, uh, shadow fall, I, I really like that feeling of like, <gasps> what's the next thing going to be? Whereas yeah. this didn't really yeah. do that. But otherwise I, I, this book was great. I love the, the, I love finding out, especially because everything in the, like most of the exp- the original expanded universe is gone. Like with the Amaxians, I love finding out that there is still this like breath of time. Like this um, time is just like is as ancient as, and there's civilizations that go back really far. And maybe eventually we'll get to learn about those things in uh, in Star Wars again. All that stuff's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Maggie, what what about you? What uh, overall impression of the book? Um, thoughts? What, what were your feelings uh, so on this one? This was one? the book that I was the most excited for because I love Claudia's um, previous books like Bloodlines. Um, and it ended, yes. up, it ended up being probably my third favorite out of the three that we've got so far, which was shocking. Um, I guess that's, you know, chalk that up to the thing that I was the most excited for. And then I was surprised by the others. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that there was a lot of really interesting concepts presented in this book. I was just spending while you were talking, uh, Josh, I was trying to find the quote and I failed to find it, but there was a, a part in the book where there's some discussion about like why Jedi have lightsabers when lightsabers are basically designed to fight 
Jedi. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they went into great deep because mm-hmm. Reith, is that how we're saying his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He um yes. He he's like a he's a scholar. He likes to study and he's into books and all that kind of stuff. And he's a nerd. He's a bit of a he nerd. Is. Uh which that's not an insult to anybody on this no, show. Not I hope not. <laughs> um <laughs> I almost went into a whole thing, but um yeah. Nerds. <laughs> Look, I can say the N-word the because I am one. A door. I'm a nerd. Maggie's a nerd. Josh is a nerd. Uh, anyway, uh, but he goes into this whole thing about like dueling practice is such a big deal and it's everybody's favorite mm-hmm. and they put all this emphasis on it, but you almost definitely will never use it because there are no Sith in this timeline and the only people carrying lightsabers are jedi so other than like specifically dual training lightsaber on lightsaber training or battle is essentially unheard of you know like what is the it's strictly vanity basically and And i mean physical exercise i guess but and it feels like such a pointed reference to like what exactly are the jedi that the weapons that they train with are meant to turn against their own uh and so i thought that was like a very interesting like kind of Thing to think about because I don't think I have ever thought about that in regards to the Jedi before with their lightsabers, um, and then just like in general, I wish there had been more Martian Row. That's just because you know, <laughs> I, I'm a Martian Row fan. Basically, a cameo, uh, and it's like he shows up he in the last came page, in, like right at the very yeah. end, the last two pages. Yeah, he came in right at the very uh, end. I literally spent the whole book like he's got to show up at some point, maybe in these like, flashbacks scene only. And then he post credit. Yeah, he post credited me, um, which was fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was really interesting, and I like that it explored different uh, different kinds of Jedi than we've seen before. Um, mm. Speaking of our beloved little nerd, that to me feels like most definitely who I would have ended up being if I was in the Jedi Order. I would have been like, hey, can I just please stay in the library? I don't want to go somewhere where there's bugs. Uh, so I just related to that, and I like that little nerd. Yeah, it was... Um, well, okay. it... I was going to elaborate on what Josh said a little bit. There definitely was not any kind of cliffhanger. This was a self-contained story. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there was a lot of stuff that they mentioned that I'm like, oh, I really, really, really need to know some more about that. You know, like, uh, I mean, uh, Dez is going to go take the bearish or barash vow um, because he's so broken from which yep. that I to my that's the first oh my I've God, ever that was heard. insane going to one of the uh, that's a f- one of the contemplation I know worlds. and I'm like I gotta know more about that what are these people figuring the bearish out vow. that's so dope yes that was actually one if of the things they I had on that here. I loved Anakin. that oh if only <laughs> I, I mean and then we've got Orla Jereni <laughs> well. she just got her like new slick ship and she's about to go be like a mm-hmm. way seeker which is also like a really sweet concept I could like I, I'm I'm into it. There's a lot going on there. Into it. I'm really glad she had Geo yes. to help her look at the ship. For sure, he had a lot of solid input. Yes. Solid. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, <laughs> his character. I have to say, Claudia Gray's writing of Geode as a character in this book was absolutely fantastic. Because I don't know how you write for something that's an inanimate object that doesn't He's sentient though do anything like it shouldn't be he's able to sentient move. but like 
everybody else views him as just this rock that just sits there. But it was funny as the book kind of kept going on. There was, I think, uh, when they were on the station towards the end and everything's kind of frantic, um, Orla like looks up and she sees a shadow and then she it's saw like gone. Move. And, yeah. But she yeah. saw something move and thought it was Geo. Well, hey, he was punching <laughs> in uh, he was like he was punching in like um hyperspace coordinates somehow. I, I mean like he did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and then and then no, I mean I've never read a more well written book. book. Not one time. I've never read a book with a more right. well written rock right. than that. I really hope they Gray's never credit. I really hope they never explain the particulars of how he does things. And it's just handled like this because i loved it i loved it yeah i couldn't have been better yeah yeah <laughs> i thought it was brilliant uh, that's probably my favorite one of my favorite parts of this book was geode um and his character just in general like and then he saves wreath when he hits the airlock hatch like he like was holding on for dear life and then finally like he couldn't hang on any longer and then just slams into something Which, hard like and he so like sturdy he around. can't even get sucked out of the airlock that's insane <laughs> he can't even get sucked out of an airlock he's very dense he's just right there to save How the day dense like are these Vintians. i had to be here my goodness <laughs> um but just the writing for geode was was brilliant i i absolutely loved it and yes uh to your point kyle the contemplation worlds it's interesting i would love to know more about I that because the bearish vow, it, it, from what was in the book, was it was an extreme commitment to gaining ultimate communion with the Force, and it was normally taken by Jedi who have made mistakes, is what they said in the book. And, you know, that's what he's trying to say. He's like, Des, but you didn't make a mistake. And he's like, I know, but the Drangir had affected him so much that they broke his connection to the Force, and he had to rebuild it again. And the only way that he was going to do that was through deep meditation to kind of do that. And it makes me wonder, like, so when Qui-Gon learned how to speak, uh, when he kind of learned how to, like, what do I want to say, like, emanate himself as a force ghost, commune with the dead, like, did he learn that by going to one of these contemplation worlds in go into deep meditation to learn how to communicate with the dead or, or have a better mm-hmm. understanding of how the force works. So it was really cool to hear that and how that kind of ties in maybe to some of the other things that we love in star Wars and other eras. Well, not, um, I thought that not was really to mention cool. When Yoda is um, exiled on Dagobah and when even Obi-Wan to some extent in alone in the desert of um, Tatooine, that feels like a very similar thing to me, you know, just sitting and contemplating, they both had kind of failed and very much felt like failures. And yeah, it's a, it's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it. I want to know a little more. I don't know how interesting a whole novel yeah. of sitting on the contemplation world and contemplating would be, but you know, it's a starting point. <laughs> I think it depends on what's going on with the Jedi. Cause you think about <laughs> like if Anakin went there, like, It'd be more so like if Vader went there, like think about all the inner turmoil stuff we see in, um, in the Vader comics. Like if we got to see him like reliving and, and, and working that stuff out, like that would be cool. It just depends on the experiences and like why the Jedi went there. Cause I think you'd see a lot of their like inner, their inner workings. I think it'd be cool. So, so, 
here's a question to you guys, and I don't care who answers. You can chime in whenever. Um, I'll cover we this We talked one. a little bit about the <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, uh, we talked a little bit about the lightsaber fighting, right? And we, we, we kind of referenced like, hey, it's really them just fighting against themselves, mm-hmm. right? But we know Mandalorians have been around for centuries, essentially. Um, in this novel, they mention that the Nihil were... Uh, wearing energized pole arms that can block lightsabers, um, which is very similar to what Royal Guard, their staffs were supposed to guard against. So weapons against lightsabers or things at least that can block lightsaber parries or thrusts or, you know, direct uh, shots to have been around apparently for a long, long time. Does it, does it lessen like do we think that 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 the jedi's nature to continue to combat each other with their own lightsabers is still essential because those weapons still exist out in the galaxy there well yeah i think i mean they definitely get in enough tussles even if it's not with other people with lightsabers you know that they they have to to get into action i mean think about loden putting putting his lightsaber like to charge the cannon on his shoulder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Although the, it, it surprises me that the Nihil or the Nihil would have that kind of tech just because every Nihil besides Martian Rowe who like has an interaction with a Jedi has like, is it's like painfully obvious they have no idea what they're in for. Yeah. But yet these guys were clearly carrying weapons maybe, to combat. Maybe that's just because... The people that we've seen so far interact with the Jedi from the Nile are more of the grunts and not the people who started whatever beef began with the Nile between the Jedi. And it, this might be silly, but it's also possible that that's just an effective melee weapon that so happens to be able to like the, the Nile weren't necessarily carrying it with the anticipation of running into a Jedi. It's just like, I've got my vibro staff here and then turns out it could block a lightsaber. Yeah, And I think it's like a, they can block a glancing true. blow type thing, right? Like you could still maybe give it the old choppy chop yeah. if you, yeah. if you aimed right. If you tried hard enough. But again, that, that choppy poses chop. more questions. <laughs> I feel like, what have the Jedi been doing that resulted in the need for these weapons to fight against them? If they're supposed to be this peaceful organization. This is me suddenly becoming very like skeptical of the Jedi and their motivations. Maggie, we all know you would never be a Jedi. You would be a Sith <laughs> through and through. I'm not anti-Jedi, but I core. am anti-establishment, and the Jedi has its problems. Like I know, Jedi I think that's where it just comes from. Jedi. I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm seeing through you all. I, I, I tell you what, I watched a great piece uh, on YouTube on why Ultron was correct in trying to <laughs> uh, essentially end civilization. It didn't matter who the humans were that thought they were right or wrong or whatever. Cause everybody's, he recognized everybody's different. It was a great right, video. Thanos, snap it's your a lengthy video. <laughs> yeah. Call the herd, um, right. But he, he also potentially thought saw Thanos coming and to solve the human conundrum. He felt he had to do his whatever before Thanos. So yes, it was, uh, it was very interesting. Here. Watch it was, uh, it, it was like it was the, very the interesting, but 
Sounds like proof you can find a video With about the- <laughs> literally anything on YouTube. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's all out there. Um, I'm going to stay with lightsabers yeah. for a minute, though, because so we were we were on the discussion of the Jedi lightsabers. What did you guys think when the Drengear mentioned that when they were talking to, uh, was it Des and Wreath, that they were trapped by someone oh, carrying yeah, the same weapon? But it, and he, they instantly thought, oh, the Jedi had already trapped you here. And they said, no, it was red. What were your thoughts like, oh, on that? Shit. <laughs> Seth. <laughs> I was like, they've been trapped there a long time. That's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought too. I'm like, man, these yeah. plants have been there for a minute. And it no also. No wonder they're me, so hungry. Yeah, no joke. No meat. Strictly vegetarian. They've been, uh, what is that called? Dormant? Cannibalistic this whole time, eating plants. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also makes me think like they're almost going to have to tell that story at some point too. You don't say like <laughs> these right. like dark side murderous carnivorous plants got transplanted onto this uh, planet by uh, Sith Lords wielding red lightsabers. So, but that's it. That's all we're going to talk about didn't, it. Didn't somebody on Twitter point out the fact that this, the planet in this book is the same as the planet that, Snoke is on in the Rise of Kylo Ren comics. It's um, Star Wars did their like character profile video things like a couple weeks ago, oh, yeah. and the planet it's the same planet in this, and so that would imply that potentially Snoke had some involvement with the Dren Gear at some point, which would mean Palpatine somehow. Palpatine <laughs> has returned. <laughs> He's alive. Somehow Palpatine uh, met a drink. Yeah, it hey, was plot twist. Ben Solo was not corrupted by Snoke. He was actually corrupted by the drinker. Mm. That would have been yeah. interesting. Little little poison barbs in their in their tentacles. Um but yeah, it was it was originally uh, an Amaxine planet, mm-hmm. right? But it had been kind of overrun with the Drengear and and they had kind of taken over, yeah. I believe, yeah. Right. Well, right. I think who, um, whoever, uh, some of them got shot off of the, or escaped in those escape pods when the, whoever set up the, the idols to make the other ones dormant that were on the ship. So that's why they couldn't go back. Cause they were, they were trapped there as a, cause it was a, it was a circle. You could go there and go back. Obviously that's what the Jedi did, but um, the Drengear were stuck because they knew if they went back, they were going to be made dormant by whatever. Um, I can't remember what they called it. It's not a spell because they don't do magic. It's like a, an, an, like a, they, they put some kind of enchantment or some, like, a, I can't remember what they called it, but they did something to those idols to make sure that the Drengear like were dormant. And that's why they wouldn't go back. I think they like trapped yes. themselves yeah. essentially because they knew they couldn't go there. Yeah. So Snoke's on the Maxine um, station with the Drengear. He's not on the Drengear planet. Really? Yeah. But he was on the station. The the snow globe Hmm. type situation? That's what it looked like in my brain. It looks like a snow globe because they talked about it being a clear (laughs) sphere, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, while we're we're talking lightsabers, I got two things about that. Like one, Orla Jereni, is that how you guys have said that? I didn't listen mm-hmm. to the audiobook. Yep. I know you guys do, but um yes. yep. her lightsaber 
is so sick. It's I I imagine it like the the thing Ray had in the in her little dark side ray, the the hinged lightsaber. Um so it's mm-hmm. double bladed, like forked, or she can do um like the staff, like double double sided like Darth Maul had. And it's white, so I'm into that. But they also said it's really cool. that Joramali in Light of the Jedi had a white um lightsaber so i hope we're not like playing that out we're not gonna give everybody a white lightsaber um but then again not to while we're talking lightsabers i was just gonna bring up all three of these um they they happen to mention in this book that um joramali had a blue lightsaber which contradicted what it said in light of the jedi now i think maybe in the light of the jedi it mentioned that she had acquired that one and kept it. So they could have been referring to the other one, but I thought it was interesting that they contradicted each other. Hmm. Interesting. And I, I, there was, um, I thought there was something else too, that you had read in there. That was a little bit different between the two. Oh, uh, like right? an inconsistency in this book. Yeah, there yeah. was something else. Yeah. Let me look through my notes real quick and see. Um, Ma- uh, Jedi master Adampo. I think um, you had in our in the notes listed that they had mentioned that that person was a male, but it's actually a female. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In one book, they called him a male, um, and in the other one, they called him a female. Yeah, and w- Wikipedia has Adampo as a female, I believe. So I think that's correct. And then um, it looks like with uh, Master Rosasen, they did the same thing, was um, a woman in one and, and um, a man in the other one. Hmm. But, you know, again, it's far from the end of the world, just a little canon inconsistency. Sometimes can. Yeah. Yep. Um, Did you guys find, was it interesting, though, that out of the four Jedi that were involved in the space station incident with the Nile and, and, you know, finding the Drengear, um, no, no penalty from the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. none. Um, they basically said, but, you know, as a stern warning, don't go rogue anymore. You guys can't just go doing your own thing. We kind of need to know what's going on, just at least going forward so that things don't get out of hand, but we appreciate what you did. It was just interesting that nobody was, mm-hmm. there was no punishment for anybody in it. Um, I thought it was interesting, the flashbacks. It took uh, It took a minute as they were going through, cause I was like, all right, we keep going back 25 mm-hmm. years to I this kidnapping sure incident. And I, I couldn't get to the payoff. And we, we I mean, we were literally on like chapter 24, 25 yeah. and they did a flashback and I was like, all right, are we going to get to the payoff for this flashback? And then finally we got to, um, queen. What is it? Thundaga. Did I pronounce that right? They maybe? were tough names. So I don't remember. That's good enough to me. I, I think it's, Queen Thandaga, who ha- was the one that was kidnapped, I think, essentially from that Jedi rescue. And here she is again on Starlight Beacon during the christening at the end. And Starlight Beacon is stationed, I believe, over it's that area, world, area. their world. Right? It's It's in that area to kind of symbolize the assistance between the Jedi and their world to broaden communication in the galaxy and reach out to more people. Yeah. And it was interesting that she was on there 
um, during the christening. Um, and she said, uh, it was just a quick little comment and to trust is hope. And they talk about a uh, Jedi monarch castle who was sacrificed, who, who died during that rescue um, and, and to honor monarch castle's name during that, that christening. I thought it was cool how throughout the book, they were running the parallel between that, that 25 year old mission and the current one they were on and, and the similarities and, and um, kind of the doubts and regrets they were feeling in both instances. And then kind of, put a bow on it at the end with that queen appearing at the, um, the dedication of starlight beacon, which has been a cornerstone in all of the high Republic media so far, I think, except for, um, Justine Ireland's book has had this in it at least at one point, even in the comics. So, um, I, th- I thought that flashback worked really good. I, it did make me think that, um, Orla and what was the other Jedi's name? He was like the, he was the expert in antiquities and, and stuff. Like Comec that. Vitus. Comec. Yes. I thought um, it made me think that they were both older than I originally imagined them um, from the description at the beginning of the book. But then they were like already running missions 25 years ago. So they're clearly, you know, whatever just made me think differently than I originally did. It's hard to um it's hard to gauge too because any sentient species could live, you know, 70, 80 years like us or they could be like wookies and live like 400 years. Right. So, yeah. Can I can I backtrack cuz I just want to show you guys this? Please. Um sorry. It's just wild the the <laughs> setup, the, the the amount of setup that they do that we don't even like realize that they're doing. So, let's see here. Um, here's the amount of setup for, can you guys see the station? Oh, is yeah. that so here's the Maxine a picture. station? This is a Maxine station during the high, high Republic era. This is what That's Maggie cool. was talking about. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. here is a picture of it from the Snoke comic or the rise of Kylo Ren. Very nice. It's bluish greenish. Same thing. Looks real but- nice. Although, Okay. Look at a little more overgrown on the outside where the it's feeling like yep. some Dren gear corruption there. Well, that was well, that looks like well, that's where the vessel was. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you also remember how they were? Yeah, they were talking about how they the roots that went out and then they wrapped around and they turned black because they died, but they were still like really strong and like mm-hmm. here they are, still there. So that yeah. would they yeah. were you know doing setup for for high Republic and like little things that we wouldn't even necessarily notice otherwise. Right. Way, way back. Can only That's see really it in cool. hindsight. Josh, can you save those pictures to make cool. sure we post them on um, Instagram when we put the show yep. up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get them up and then uh, everybody can kind of see what we're looking at. But it, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's beautifully done. Um, and it was interesting though, because, you know, initially when you thought Des was, basically va- evaporated from the helix ring i had I, you find out a little I bit i was later. suspicious Go about ahead, that um yeah, i'm a i've read yeah. enough comic books and watched enough like sci-fi fantasy <laughs> shows nobody. That no body no death and like didn't happen mm-hmm. so i i always felt like there was a chance that death was going to turn up yeah and it, it was nice that he 
you know, he comes back, but, you know, initially you're thinking, oh, he's, he got evaporated by these helix rings. Everybody's heartbroken. But he was in a place on that Amaxine planet that was so covered in the dark side that they couldn't sense him anymore. Like, he was just gone. It's like being in a black like, hole. And that's why they thought he was dead. Not even like, yeah, you know. And it, it's, uh, yeah, and we, we talked about, like, you know, if you go back to Dagobah, and there's that one section under the tree where Luke goes to confront Vader. It was just so, um, the dark side was strong in that area. And even Yoda is kind of like, I'm not going near there. Like you, you got to go there and take your test. Like I'm not going near there. Um, but it's interesting that there's places out there that centuries before the Jedi and, and, you know, Anakin and, uh, Luke and all that conflict happens that there's these dark, dark areas out there that you can just get swallowed up in, even as a Jedi. Um, and it was, it was kind of cool to hear, like he was just stuck. He couldn't get out. He couldn't do anything. But, um, the Amaxine technology was really cool. They had those little pods, you know, that just kind of took you right there. Um, and then back again, they were just like little transport pods, I guess. Um, so I like the shuttle at the airport. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when yeah, you get off at an Orlando airport, you little get getting the little monorail that takes you over to the luggage claim. Sure, exact same thing. You know, bigger scale. <laughs> I mean, in some airports, <clears throat> that luggage claim could be a very deep dark hole yeah. with lots of, you know, lots of dark side energy. You never know. Um, overall, like I thought, this book was. I enjoyed the book. I almost, I liked it a little bit better than. Um, light of the Jedi just because I thought there was a lot more going on here. The end to your point, I think was kind of, eh, didn't give me that big cliffhanger that you get with the alphabet squadron books. It just kind of psh, happy ending for all we move on. Um, you know, uh, the one thing that we didn't touch on really was kind of Affy and her relation with Scover really interesting concerning the indentured servants. I yeah, more yeah she was yeah it would you know she she mentions in the book she finds out essentially her parents went to this station to try to get their sentence or their their time reduced and ended up dying and this had been happening a lot where scover would send these people to this to run missions that were very very dangerous and if they came back they're indentured servitude time would re reduce um and in the end of this book we find out that Affy is very against that and she's having this conversation with scover at the end and she makes it clear like i'm i'm not cool with this like i'm very uncomfortable with this and scover basically says well i'm essentially setting you up to be my heir and then someday this is all going to be yours and Affy at that point goes well if i'm your heir and i'm going to take this over I could end that indentured servitude mm -hmm. thing essentially and stop making people risk their lives to try to get their sentences reduced. So it was a very, and I, and she paused, I think at that point, like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll wait and I'll, I'll see what happens. And I thought it was very kind of an interesting twist there because why didn't she just say, no, look, I'm not well, doing she, this. Like you need to stop. This. She it's did. not right. She, she said, I can, I can wait and end it then. But the other people can't wait, and that's why she reported her to the authorities oh, that's right. and got that's her arrested right. and got the whole uh, guild yes. dissolved. 
Um, and indentured servitude is not slavery, but it is slavery's cousin for sure. Um, and that's an interesting dynamic in star Wars is there, uh, the use of, and the Republic's attempt to eradicate slavery. And obviously that's something that is very close to Anakin that he struggles with. Um, uh-huh. and, and then again, it gets back to something that, I am interested in, which is that, you know, the Republic is the quote, good guys. And, you know, they are trying to end slavery and bring peace, but they're also colonizers and oppressors and like, you know, for two steps forward, two steps back. And it's a very interesting type of freedom that isn't really free. Yes. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting thing to dig into, especially as like the subplot to, uh, lightsabers and Jedi and, uh, you know, a little more fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like uh spice is, uh, frowned upon and illegal, but it uh, was medicinal. um, but, it was medicinal. But it's clearly medicinal. He's got his card. He had a card. <laughs> Jeez. For for Leox, it's medicinal. That's from a dispensary. And- <laughs> oh, I thought that was hilarious. I just I picture Leox just like because it was uh right, all right, all right. Yeah, exactly. Reith was, <laughs> was struggling and yeah, he's got, clearly in pain. He's like here. He's like this will help you. <laughs> It was awesome. It was awesome. He's like, oh, it's medicinal. What are you talking hey, it's about? It's only stupid if and, like, it doesn't they're all work. Like, all the Jedi are like, all right, we'll we'll look the other way for this one time use. It's okay. So, um, I really enjoyed the book. I, I thought it was good. I, again, I thought the end, you know, was like the happy ending, kind of the conclusion. But I will say there was um, there was a line at the end where Reith says to Comek, uh, while they're at the station, they're walking to buffet or whatever they had just done the christening or whatever. Uh, they're walking to the buffet and Reith says, what happens after this master? Because uh, Komek has taken Reith as his, his Padawan learner. And they're both kind of, kind of going to go, kind of going to go on this journey together. Um, and Komek says, anything could happen. And that is the joy of it. And I, I, th- I was like, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's a, that was a really nice clean ending because you're like, the book is done. It ends. But you know there's going to be more material out there, and this sets up, hey, we could have a Wreath and Comec adventure later on or something else later on in the year or next year or whatever. And it was a nice little book ending for it that, yes, it while it is kind of finalized, it still leaves that door open. I will say personally for me, Comec was like my uh, the character I was least interested in as far as the Jedi. Uh, he, there wasn't anything wrong, but... Um, with some of those other ones, I'm like really, really, really wanting to know what happens to them next um, as they're going off on mm-hmm. their own. And for him, it's just like, uh, yeah, I mean, I know he's dealing with some stuff, but it's just like, I wasn't that into it. He wasn't as interesting. Yeah. He mentioned he clearly has some issues with the Jedi order and kind of how they do things. He says, um, the darkness is as much a part of the force as the light. The order thinks that it can bisect the force so neatly as though the primal living energy of all existence were a thing to be sliced 
and served. And I think he makes Great a strong Jedi. point. Yeah. Great, uh, Jedi. Don't yeah. with that. Great, <laughs> Great Jedi. Great Jedi. Get out of here with that Great Jedi nonsense. Isn't that what Orla basically no. is? I feel like the Wayseekers are everything that we've said for however many years uh, that a Great Jedi would be. I feel like she would have gotten along very well with like a Qui-Gon Jen style Jedi. Well, that's what I was going to say is that like, this is um, something Brain that twins. pops up a lot in this book. Um, and it reminded me of Qui-Gon every time is the, you know, well, if we're trusting in the force, why don't we f- trust the force no matter what it says? Not only when it aligns with, what the Jedi order says we're supposed to do, you know, why if we're truly, uh, you know, followers and ambassadors of the force, we should be trusting it and following it regardless of what it tells us. And that's sort of the problem Orla ran into in those flashback scenes is, you know, the force was calling for her to do one thing, but she followed her Jedi training instead. And it led to problems. Um, and again, that's an interesting dynamic to me because I am like anti-establishment. So like doing the right thing because it's right makes sense. But once you start adding rules and rules and rules and rules and vanity and 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 hierarchy and, uh, you know, like essentially a ruling class, then things get really messy really fast. I do. I know I'm really excited about mm-hmm. seeing this destruction of the Jedi that Martian's promising in those final lines. I Because I... Because we know what's going to happen with the Jedi. They're still on one leg uh, by the time we get to the prequel era. Um, so, I mean, you they're know, fully what, functional for a few hundred more years after yeah. this. So. so I'm really curious to know yeah. what this path is that we are currently on. And if the Nile are part of the catalysts that lead to the Jedi eventually being in shambles. And having that the the deeply seated dysfunction that leads to their downfall. Um, very curious to see what happens there. Um, mm. And not just because I love the Nile. <laughs> it's interesting conflict. Ahead, it's Josh. unique conflict. Yeah, I. It's um. They're definitely. I'm trying to. De- I'm trying to decide if. They are, if, are the Jedi more like comfortable and complacent in this era or are they more so in the prequel era? I feel like they're more in touch with the force in this era. Mm-hmm. I think by the I time agree. we get to yeah. the prequel era, Yoda is the only one that's fully in, in tune with the force, which makes sense since he's from this much more ancient era of Jedi. And they, they, and the rest are just clouded. Yeah, I, they're just cr- clouded by the. I agree emperor. that in the prequel era, there has not been anything going on. You know, these High Republic Jedi—they have the the Nile to contend with now, and but they're they're working on actively expanding the galaxy to what we know it in to be in the you know what we consider the modern Star Wars. So, like, they're on top of it and and doing these things all the time um, in the prequel era, they've mostly just been kind of sitting around. It seems like for a long time. And then 
these problems pop up with the separatists and you know, they're ill-equipped to deal with it and they kind of spiral out of their own doctrine really, really, really fast. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, I, I look at the, the Nile at this point just because we, they've managed to kill a few Jedi at this point and they've proven themselves a worthy adversary and fighter, but until they start to decrease those Jedi numbers on the mass scale, I kind of look at him like a Bond villain at this point. Like they just kind of, because like his last thing in the book was Martian Rose was they will be the 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 Nile will be the destruction of the Jedi. I feel like every Bond villain is like yeah. I will I will kill James Bond and I will lay out my plan and here's what's going to happen and. You know, in the end, James Bond kind of comes through, and and yes, while his, you know, his love interest is ultimately the one that pays the price, or his his good friend that helps him along the way, it's usually him triumphing over uh, the Nihil. So, or trying <laughs> triumphing over the Bond villain. Um, so, in this sense, like yes. I do believe there is more to come here. And that's really what I want to get to is how are they going to reduce these Jedi in mass numbers or swing things in their way to, to rid themselves of the Jedi. But ultimately I think we see the Jedi come out on top somehow. In the they end, almost, they right? almost have like, to, unless there's some kind of like yeah, yeah. the Jedi loses a bunch of numbers and builds back up again between now and the prequel era, which right. is possible, but it doesn't seem super likely to me. Um, yeah. Know. Yep. But yeah, I mean, good, great book. I loved this book. Uh, I've got Josh. Sorry. I was yeah, going to say, ahead, I've got no, three more Go little like tiny comments to make. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a mention when they were, when they brought the idols back to the Jedi temple on Coruscant and took it down into the, I can't remember what, like the Sith archive or whatever underneath like the temple. Yeah. The pit, um, which I believe they said was a nexus of the force. Right. Um, yes. they mentioned Jedi master and I'm going to butcher this name. Gok to Nelmo. Who's a Lerman. Um, but they good. they said that he was super powerful. Um, it he was there. Um, he was basically there because Jedi Master or Master Yoda couldn't be. Um, so he's like close to that level. But he's a Lerman, which is the little um, pacifist farmer creature from that episode of Clone Wars, which is basically a Seventh Samurai where. Um, they're protecting uh, this yeah. village. Uh, and I thought it was mm -hmm. funny that like this super powerful uh, Jedi master is this little tiny bearded kind of rat looking guy from the Clone Wars. So it's the only other time uh, we've seen him. The got to Nelmo Lerman or Boz Lerman. <laughs> That's he's a musician. That's a different thing. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about Lord Isomer, who was the Lasat male, who is the leader of the directorate, which is like a, a crime criminal organization at the time, I guess. But I thought that was all from the flashback from 25 years ago. 
Um, but they talked about how the huts hired him to do this kidnapping and destabilize this government, but it was actually, um, like a bait and switch where they expected these guys to fail the whole time and clear out the area for the huts, which was like the huts have been scheming in the outer rim for hundreds of years. That's a slick move. Uh, I, I appreciated that whole thing from the, like the hut, a hut never actually had a line in this book, but they were working some back channels mm-hmm. and made some things happen. So, and they're getting their butts them. kicked. Like that's the funniest thing about the huts. Like if you've read the comics, like things do not go well for the huts and yet they persist for Still making centuries. Moves. Yeah. And then the only other thing I had was, and you guys probably touched on this when you discussed like the first third of the book, but uh, I thought the idea of the Kyber arch was really cool. Um, a structure that is built from the Kyber crystals of fallen Jedi lightsabers. Um, I think that's like a cool idea. I'd like to see an image of that. Yeah. 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 It was a lot of good Jedi material uh, in this book. Um, You know, the character development, like I thought each one, and it really uh, Wreath's development from the start of this book to the end was really, really good. Um, You know, where he even says um, when he started uh, before he went on this mission, um, you know, his ma was it or, uh, his master was, um, basically like, no, you need to get out. You, you can't stay on Coruscant the entire time. And he's like, but I don't want to do this. I'm good at this. Like this, let me focus on this. And then by the end of the book, when he realizes I've got skills that can help others and I've learned a lot in doing this mission by the end of the book, he says, no, now I want to go back into the outer rim territories and I want to go explore more and he realizes that him being part of the jedi order isn't about like his development and his growth and me 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 it's more about what can he do to contribute to the jedi in general and what can he help with and i i think that was a great growth arc mm-hmm. for wreath from the start of this book to the end of this book it was it was really well and the out. the death of jora Mali, i think that's uh, her name yep, has, right. yes, has that, had that, a yeah. lot of mm-hmm. ripples throughout all of uh, Skier is dealing with that. Des is dealing with that. Wreath was dealing with that. Like this is, uh, uh, and then even um, it, it changed the whole starlight beacon who was going to have to uh, be in charge there and all that stuff. It has had a lot of effect throughout this whole um, timeline, I guess it's, they've done a good job of yeah. tying that all together. I did think for a split uh, second like, that Reef like, was was gonna um, just get promoted to Jedi Knight. Like, hey, that's. Uh, I mean, like, he think of everything he did on Starlight yeah. Beacon. That's not his Jedi trials. I mean, come on, what more does yeah. this guy well, get? Talk- to a certain degree. To a certain degree, though, I thought he might actually walk away too. Mm. I thought that might have been an option on the table and not not continue with the Jedi and just go, you know, I'm heartbroken and I, I uh, want to deal with his, these indoctrin. issues, but yeah, unfortunately. they wouldn't let me do it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, like the other books that we've read so far, I thought this one was really, really good. I don't think we've had a stinker yet, which is no, awesome. Um, all of these have been really well thought out amongst the group and 
the way that they link together is 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 awesome like that that's what we want to see is these worlds and these stories tying together so that we're not disconjointed with what's going on um i really love this book it had everything uh solar flares drengear nihil oh my sentient rocks baby <laughs> it had, it i'm had, ready for the geo trilogy sentient rocks <laughs> um yeah Dude, it was GM. uh you know, uh, Star Wars Celebration, look for Josh walking around with a big paper mache boulder. He's literally going to walk on the show floor, pull his arms in, pull his legs in, and just squat <laughs> down and just sit there in the middle of the show floor. And then like every like five minutes move like six inches and then just go his right back down. silence is going to say it all. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh any final thoughts on the book any final thoughts on the book before we uh blow this thing More and get out of here Bro, please <laughs> yes maggie dark side maggie. check it out if you haven't read it <laughs> maggie whoa, of whoa, the dark whoa. side yes they're not they're not dark siders they're just true. not nice very true i'm just here for the rec punk unless unless marshan <laughs> rose is a secret seth which oh. could be Yes. Would that ruin it for you, Maggie? No, if he was a secret set? Perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like a news. I feel like a news reporter. More to come on on the Nile invasion of uh, of uh, of uh, this planet is, in the eleven o'clock hour. When is our next um, High Republic book? Oh, it's June not till like 29th. June. Yeah. June twenty ninth. Rising storm. Kevin Scott. I actually dreamed last night that I was reading the book. And apparently it is really impossible for people to read in their dreams. But I could tell you exactly what was on the page I was reading. It's page 203. It was a I dream, but it was good. I learned that from Batman the Animated Series that you can't read in a dream. But some people can. And apparently <laughs> I was one of those people. And I was reading about the High Republic because that is how much of my brain space it occupies. Bruce Wayne cannot. Nice. Well, <laughs> well, sh- <laughs> Bruce Wayne can do everything he except read, read dream. a dream. He also there can't go, go to therapy. Knew it. Uh, he won't. Well, folks, you're going to have to shift gears a little bit because next week we're going to dive into uh, the latest book um, from. Uh, Michael Crichton, Victory's oh. Price from Alphabet Squadron. <laughs> yeah, my Michael Crichton, Jurassic um, Park Six, Alphabet Squadron, Victory's Price. Uh, we, I think we've all been waiting to dive into this. I didn't Maggie's wait. already I'm read already. it five years <laughs> yeah, ago. I read it a month ago. Uh, John, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually the outlier um, here. I haven't even read Alphabet <laughs> Squadron yet, but I'll be ready. Uh, I'll be on it. I'm going to read both. How dare I'll do you. it. I'm you, not scared. Have oh, you read? Man. Did you read the first one and the second one? No, I'm or reading them all. I'll you have to up. read all of them? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I thought I'll you had just missed the Shadowfall. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Okay. Kyle will have a power you. read weekend week this week. So um, for those that, that have already read them, check out the first two books in Alphabet Squadron. Really, really good books. Um, I cannot wait to get into this third book. I'm super excited. Um, I loved the first two audio books. Um, well, Josh, what's the... Who's the reader on the, the audio book? January um, Lavoy. Yes. Does an excellent job uh, of the characters in reading through those novels. Cannot wait to get into this one. Josh already started. He's got a head start on me, so I'm going to have to catch up. But that's next on the agenda. Um, we'll break it out into sections, much like we did 
these first couple shows. Uh, but I'm excited. I can't wait. Kyle, you're going to love it. I, I hope you I hope I've, you love I've it. I've actually got the that. first one is on my bed right now. I'm going to start it after we finish up here. So if Solid. it's terrible, you're all going to hear about it. <laughs> Look, if you don't love well, the, oh, we're going to have issues. There are so many good characters in that book, though. There are, there are a lot of good characters in that book. Um, but yeah, I, I, we've set the bar high. If, if, if Kyle is the only <laughs> dissenting opinion on this show, then the man has no taste. Hey, uh, I like what I like. And I'm not <laughs> and ashamed. You can all of it. add him. You can all add Easy. Kyle. Yeah. It's uh, with your Iron <laughs> Bendu on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey now. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of speaking of social media and Are handles, we gonna blow people, this thing and go home. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Yeah, let's blow this thing and go home. Um, you can find us um, at SW Friends Show on any one of those social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us, um, show at StarWarsFriends.com. Um, you can find me, Justin, at I am the Bendu on Twitter. Uh, where can they find you guys at? This is Josh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. Uh, this is Kyle, and you can find me on Twitter and SoundCloud at at Lil Maneuvers. No. Just kidding. I'm KB underscore legend, but I'm going to steal uh, Josh's name, so he has to buy it from me. <laughs> uh, identity theft is a crime, gentlemen. Sometimes crime uh, pays. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is Maggie, and you can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town not doing crime lovely uh thank you guys as always for tuning in we love hearing you guys if uh send us your thoughts on these books uh, we'd love to hear from you send us your emails if you guys have questions for us shoot those over to show at starwarsfriends.com happy to read them happy to bring them on the show um you know any anything like that we'd love to get your guys thoughts on higher public stuff in general the comics the first couple books whatever it is shoot it over to us we'd books love to hear aren't going to be you. coming out as frequently coming up there's going to be uh, you know we've had one like every few weeks recently but uh, if there's anything any of our listeners want us to cover in greater detail uh, we could probably fit that into our yeah. schedule yes josh yeah the only month we don't have a book uh, until September is May, though. The Thrawn book comes out April 27th. You know why? And we have three High Republic books, June, July, and August. You know why? Because we're going to be really occupied in May. We've got the Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Yeah. Excited for it's that. It's like they planned it so our content really? calendar would work. It's, it's the mouse. Clone the mouse Wars knows. Season 8. I cannot wait. I'm just here for the Finnick Shan show. <laughs> Dude, this year is going to be crazy in general. We got so much good stuff coming out. Um, it, it's, a, it's a new era of Star Wars. I'm excited for it. Hopefully you guys are too. And come along with us for the ride. We're happy to have you. Uh, as we end always this show, may the Force be with you. We are the Nile. God, Meet. son of Ha <laughs> ha
All right, guys. We love you. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Adios.